0: This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast.
1: I'm blessed to still be here, and I try to make the best of each day. It might not be what I want, how I wanted to live, but the, you know who gets to actually live the way they want to? I don't think anybody does, but I just try to make the best of what I have and um, and push forward and not look back.
0: Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 81 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this You're listening uh, when this first comes out, which would be the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So that would be November the 28th, I believe. Doing this off the top of my head. Yes, 28th. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and got to spend it with those who you would love spending it with. You know, being the holidays, it Can be a tough time of year for us patients, survivors, caregivers. And I want to spend a little time uh, reminding you of the various support services that are out there for you that are provided by the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. And also because it's the holidays, I had the great pleasure during the Tomorrow Can't Wait 2017 conference that took place earlier this month in Cleveland to have a few people stop by the podcast table and uh, jump on the podcast and record holiday greetings for their friends and family. So I want to share those with you as well. First thing I want you to know and write this down, put it someplace where uh, you can refer back to it. And even more importantly, share it with anybody you think that would benefit from it. And that is the toll-free number to the Colorectal Cancer Alliance uh, patient support line. And that number is 877-422-2030. Again, that's 877-422-2030. And that uh, number is open Monday through Friday. I believe it's eight thirty to five. If uh, I've got that correct. If not, I'm. I know I'm pretty close. Uh, but it is open during the day. Those hours are Eastern Time, and. Uh, you will be connected, when you call that number, you'll be connected to one of our patient support navigators who are there to answer any and all questions that you may have about uh, your, everything from side effects to support, whether that be emotional or financial uh you know, So don't hesitate to pick up the phone, call that number, especially if you are newly diagnosed and just found yourself uh, as a member, as our friends like to say, as a member of this club that nobody wants to be a part of. If you haven't picked up the phone and called the patient support line, please do so. First up with a holiday greeting today, uh, I got a chance to meet her and chat with her a little bit at the colorectal cancer alliance conference is from maryland and her name is demetra sims hey everybody anitra sims i wanted to say happy holidays to everybody fight colorectal cancer and
1: kick its ass
0: (laughs) one of the other uh, vehicles of support and this was uh, my go-to this was how i initially discovered uh, the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. When I was diagnosed, coming up on seven years ago, and that was through the online chat groups. And there are a number of different groups that meet on various days and times. And let me run through the whole list. The longest-standing chat, the one that I first found, was the Daily Chat, and that. Takes place online every day from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. And the way you access all these chats is through the colorectal cancer uh, website, which you can be found at ccalliance.org. Click on the link that says get support and scroll down to where you see online communities, and that's where you can jump into any of these chat groups. So there's the daily chat. This is open to everybody and anybody that's been touched by colorectal cancer. Again, that's Monday through Friday from 11.30 a.m. until noon Eastern Time. For those folks who are recently diagnosed or have specific questions about managing side effects, you can jump into the uh, daily chat a half hour early. So that it would be at from 11.30 to noon. They open it up early, for, again, for those folks who are newly diagnosed or those who have specific questions about side effect management. Uh, another chat group that is available takes place on Tuesday evenings. And this is for those folks like myself who are stage four. So we call this chat the stage four um and friendship chat. And this takes place on Tuesday evenings, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, you can find that chat same place as all the others on the Colorectal Cancer Alliance website. And that again is Tuesday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time for those of us that are in the Stage 4 Club. Another person that stopped by our table to offer a holiday greeting, she was on the show not too long ago with a a wonderful uh, presentation, presentation is not the right word, uh, wonderful conversation that Diana Sloan and I had about talking to your children about your disease. So Diana's from Texas and here's Diana with her holiday greeting. Hi, this is Diana Sloan from Austin, Texas. I would like to wish all my friends and family and my fellow cancer patients, happy holidays, y'all. Some of the other chats that are available on Wednesday evening, Uh, Same time as the stage forum chat, also from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, is what's known as the My Pal Grief Chat, Managing Peace After Loss. So for those of you that uh, have been uh, affected by grief because a loved one, someone close to you has died, jump on that chat that takes place on Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. And I always say, where would we be without our caregivers? I can't even. I wouldn't even know how to answer that question uh, in terms of my situation. And we do have a chat group for our wonderful caregivers. That's on Thursdays from one to two in the afternoon, again Eastern Time. And again, all of these chats—the daily chat, newly diagnosed side effect management, stage forum, grief chat, and caregiver chat—all those. And the information about them can be found on the Colorectal Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Next up with a holiday greeting is my dear friend and neighbor, because uh, we live in the same community in, uh, in Florida, and that's my good friend Valerie Schlosser.
2: Hey guys, this is Valerie
1: Slosher from Tampa, Florida. I just want to wish everybody a happy, healthy holiday
2: and stay informed and get scope.
0: So we have wrapped up all of the Undie Run walks for 2017. So it's time to start talking about 2018. Hard to believe that we're talking about 2018, but here we go. The first... Undie Run Walk, as it is every year, is in my hometown of Tampa, Florida, and that is the first Saturday in February. I know it's in Florida, but those of us in Florida think when you're in the forty degree weather range, that's cold for us. So that's cold, uh, at least if you live down here. So we usually uh, bundled up, bundle up on on our on our Undie Run Walk. and That takes place. I believe that's February third is the date, and registration is now open. I'll be hitting up a lot of my friends and family to help support me as uh, I partake in my, I think this will be my fifth Undie Run walk. So again, first stop in 2018 will be in Tampa, Florida. Two other holiday greetings I want to share with you before we roll into this new episode. And that is my dear friend, finally got to meet her face to face in Cleveland, my dear friend, Stacy Hurt. Hi, this is Stacy Hurt from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Just like to wish all of my friends, and a Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy 2018.
2: If you have an ostomy or are undergoing chemotherapy, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS can help. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So, for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com slash sample and they'll ship one out to you no strings or hidden costs attached also when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com if you use the code c c p o d you will get 10 percent off your first order
0: our last holiday greeting before we roll into the episode Again, someone I was so looking forward and so happy that I got to meet face-to-face. You heard uh, our interview. I put that out a few weeks ago. got a chance to interview Joy Friedman. Joy is from uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and it was wonderful to meet Joy. And here is Joy with her holiday greeting.
2: Joy Friedman from Baltimore, Maryland. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate and whoever you celebrate it with.
0: My guest this week is Ed Yakaki III. And if that name sounds familiar, it's probably for one or two reasons. Uh, Either you follow Ed through Facebook or Instagram. Ed is pretty active in both of those uh, platforms. And or the other reason might be because you've heard Ed on the show before. And I had to go back through the archives. But Ed was episode ten. Back in April of 2015. If you want to go back and listen to my first conversation with Ed, you can find that at thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash zero one zero. And so much has transpired in Ed's life. Many more challenges that he's had to face since our conversation two and a half years ago. Yet also uh, many uh, things that have brought joy. Ed uh, brought joy. Let's do that one more time. I'm going to leave that blooper in, too. That has brought Ed joy in his life, particularly his wife, Amanda, and his new son, uh, EJ, as as they like to call him. So join me now for my wonderful conversation with my friend, Ed Yakaki III. Ed, welcome back to the Colon Cancer Podcast. It's been over two and a half years. How are you, buddy?
1: Hey, Lee, how you doing? Um, It's great to talk to you again, I guess. You can say that. <laughs> uh,
0: it beats the alternative. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, uh, I was for, for folks who may have missed our first conversation. You know, as we were talking before we started recording, I first launched this podcast in late February 2015, and I was going through my records, and you were episode 10. So for our listeners who want to check that first conversation we had out, that would be at the coloncancerpodcast.com forward slash zero one zero. And that was in April of 2015. It's hard to believe it's been over. Two and a half years, and just a couple of things have happened in your life since then.
1: Yeah, not too much has been going
0: (laughs) on. So, so people who are connected to you on social media are laughing along with us, uh, and people who don't know your story are going, What are they talking about? So, yeah, right when we last spoke, if memory serves, you were talking about you know, your initial diagnosis and and your surgery and how you, you know, went through some pretty tough times. And if I recall, it was the undy run walk that kind of was the impetus for your, uh, between that and being engaged to who, your now wife, Amanda, those two things, if I remember, were kind of the impetus for you, um, for your emotional recovery.
1: Yeah, um, you're exactly right. That was a big part of uh, everything that I went through. That I was in a dark place from my diagnosis, being ashamed, um, feeling alone, not quite, you know, understanding everything that I was going through, and you know, my life was falling apart around my diagnosis. I was letting it, but um, when I got to the walk, that kind of like jump started my advocacy, and then I met my my wife Amanda. And she, uh, really, you know, she didn't, she just guided me in the right direction. Like, I think you need to get involved and, you know, different things. And I just really took off after that and really, um, came to terms with my diagnosis and everything that happened afterwards.
0: It's one of the things that w- that I've admired from afar about you, Ed is, uh, not just your your positive outlook on all the challenges that you've been through, but you put it out there and and you are not shy about posting pictures of you hanging out on the shore, you know, with your bag, with your shirt <laughs> off, and and it's like you know this is me, and I think that is the coolest thing ever. I really do.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to own it. Um, it is what it is. I know a lot of people you know, uh, might think otherwise about trying to hide it, but I'm just trying to, like I said, own it. And when I'm on the beach, I'm looking for another ostomy. That's what I'm doing. And I haven't found one yet, but <laughs> yeah, that's what, you know, it's like, it is what it is. This is my life. It, you know, my ostomy has extended my life. I wouldn't be here without it. So I'm very proud of the ostomy now, you know, it took me a couple of years to uh, come to terms with it and learn how to uh, manage my life with it. But I'm just so thankful that I have it because I wouldn't be here with here now talking to you.
0: Sure. So you, you were at a place where you felt like you had turned the corner and then as they say, God had other plans and threw you the first of several curveballs. balls uh, tell us about tell us about the uh, the next uh, health curveball that came your way after we last spoke.
1: Yeah, so I, I guess we talked in April, or I think it was April of 2015, and yeah, right after that, I just started noticing changes in my body every day, and uh, I didn't know quite what was going on. I kept on going to the doctors for different things. And I had two different problems at the same time. But the, the the problem with both of them was that one would bother me at a point in the day and then I'd forget about the other one. So what happened was uh, I, I had a hard time breathing and I was wheezing really bad. And I ended up having sinus surgery and to the point where, I went back to the doctors and he was like, I just don't like the way you're sounding. And he sent me to a pulmonary doctor. And the doctor didn't like my, my medical history, obviously. So he started ru- running further tests on me. And sure enough, he found a large uh, nodule in my throat area. And it was uh, a thyroid cancer. But of course, any with anything any kind of health-related issue, it's never easy for me. I ended up having, not like textbook uh, thyroid cancer, it was like an incurable medullary carcinoma of the thyroid.
0: And what was the treatment for that?
1: Uh, Basically, it was a whirlwind. I talked to my colon uh, colon surgeon, and he was like, I'm going to set you up with one of the surgeons in my team, I mean, this guy that operated on me, he was about 77 years old and I was like nervous about it. Really? Wow. But, uh, he was one of the, he's one of the best in the area. And, uh, what happened was, you know, I got a biopsy and then an ultrasound and they're like literally like two weeks. It was a whirlwind. Then I had surgery. And when I came back, it was like no treatment for it because I guess there's some kind of iodine treatment, radiation pills, but it doesn't work with uh, medullary thyroid cancer. But luckily, with that diagnosis, it was so small that really all they're doing is watching it right now. And they're watching it with my CEA level, which is funny, with uh, colon colorectal cancer. Hmm.
0: So you get kind of past that a little bit and uh, help me with the timeline. Uh, When did you and Amanda get married?
1: Me and Amanda got married on November 13th, 2015 or no, 2016. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: 16 2016.
1: Yes. Okay. All right. um, The whole time I'm having problems breathing and then my back is bothering me too. And I go to the doctor for that and they're telling me, uh, well, you know, you have muscle spasms or you have a herniated disc. And I'm like, okay. Um, it got to the point where at first I thought it was like my hamstrings and my legs were bothering me and they sent me to PT. I was doing PT. It didn't seem like anything was really working. I mean, to the point where I was doing a, uh, different alternative uh, treatments. The one, I forget what it's called, the one with the pins.
0: Uh, acupuncture.
1: Yeah, acupuncture. I, I tried that. I mean, and then I went to the chiropractor, you know, just like any, you know, anybody that's been diagnosed with cancer, you know, you know, when there's something wrong, you're like really pushing to try to get looked at. And I was doing the same thing and I kept on coming up, you know, I didn't meet the right person. So finally, what happened was it got to the point where I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't lay in bed. And then I couldn't really sit down. So, you mean, Amanda got married November 13th, 2016. And then um, I got to the point where like, I would watch her sleep at night because I was in so much pain. And I would, I would uh, lean against the bureau and uh, try to sleep standing up. And I went on probably like four or five months like that. Whoa. And I didn't know what was going on, you know, and then I started losing the function of my left leg. So we bought a house in uh, June of 2016. You know, I'm doing work around there, trying to meddle on, I'm falling down. And my pain just got so, to the point where, I didn't know what to do. I was getting shots in my back and that was only working so long. And I went on, I went on the ex- excursion athletes for cancer. I mm-hmm. went to the an alley. And the only reason I was able to do that was because I got shots in my back right before I left. So I ended up, uh, talking to my endocrinologist and she was like, I don't like, you know, your diagnosis. So, i'm sure i'm going to try to get you a pet scan ed so with the insurance companies obviously they kept on denying her because she was an endocrinologist and she doesn't you know usually get a test like that approved so it took probably um like two two or three months for mm. her to get that approved so finally i got the test done and then literally literally she called me up she's like ed i got your pet scan back in uh you have a lesion on your back, and I just remember being like almost relieved, weird because I knew I wasn't going nuts and knew yeah. there was something wrong with me hmm. I mean Lee I'm you know six three about two seventy I couldn't pick anything up and walk with it for almost a year. Wow, that's how much pain I was in, so I've, i went to the emergency room and uh the doctor there didn't believe me <laughs> he didn't believe me are, are
0: you are you kidding me
1: Jeez. no yeah the doctor didn't believe me i told him like i need this pain medicine right now and i had like a slip for the tests i needed and i was like i need this test done and he's like oh well, i don't know about I, if i can get the test and i definitely can't get your uh, you know any pain medicine or anything like that and he was like well what are you taking right now i'm like well, I'm taking Vicodin and, um, I'm like, but don't even bother. Cause they're not even doing anything for me. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, what happened was my endocrinologist ended up calling the hospital and telling them what was going on with me. So then I got the test on. And then when he came back, he had like tears in his eyes cause he had pain medicine for me. And he was like, wow, you have a lesion on your back. So I ended up getting transferred to, uh, University of Pennsylvania the next day. And then I had to wait about a week for uh, surgery. And I finally uh, met this neurosurgeon, Dr. Maholtra. And when he talked to me, I was like so nervous. You know, I was like, oh my God, this is my life. I don't even know what's going on. And because I've been in the hospital for a week taking just pain medicine just to try to get to surgery. And he was like, well, You know, Edward, what's great about your situation is that I've seen all the tests and I've been in emergency surgery all weekend. But, you know, you you don't have to worry about that because we've been following all your tests and I know exactly what needs to be done. And he's like, usually I take a cautious approach with anything with the spine. But if I I feel like if I don't do something right now, you're going to be paralyzed within the next three months.
0: Wow. My goodness.
1: And I was like, wow. So so I had the surgery in August of 2016. And it went well. It was amazing. I was walking uh, probably a couple days later. I mean, with a cane, but I could actually get up. And he told me when I was going to have the surgery, he probably could get me back to like 95%. Of where i was at before my surgery so i was like you know just amazed about everything and how everything unfolded but and then he told me that he thought it wasn't cancer too so what happened was in the meanwhile amanda is trying trying to uh we're trying to get pregnant and um she's going through all these different ibf uh like shots and everything So we're going through all this and then I'm having all these issues. So we looked at each other. She's like, well, should we, you know, should we keep on going through this? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We're going through this. So it was my birthday last year. And what happened was in the morning we found out she was pregnant. And then in the afternoon I went back over to talk to the doctor and he told me it was a, Aggressive bone cancer called Ewing sarcoma. And I didn't know, I'd never heard of it before, but I just was, you know, I don't know very like almost floored because, you know, everything with colorectal cancer, then the thyroid cancer. And then I hear about this other cancer and I don't even know what it is. And here it's a pediatric cancer, but it's something very serious. Yeah.
0: You know? I mean, you know, when you have colorectal cancer, I mean you worry about stuff like what I deal with you who know, you think about is it going to metastasize to my liver is going to metastasize to my lung uh, I'm sure the furthest thing from your mind is that you're going to you're going to get not only a second kind of cancer but turn around later and find yourself diagnosed with a third kind of cancer
1: twice one year
0: in the same I was going to say in the same year you know I, I don't even know how you process that
1: yeah, I didn't I didn't know what to do. Um when I um talked to the doctor, he told me that it wasn't wrapping around my spinal cord, it was actually trying to take over my spinal cord. So, he's like, "But well, I'm going to send you to um a sarcoma specialist here in Philadelphia. You're lucky that there's one around here." So, I met him, Dr. Uh, Hartner and when he talked to me about like the regiment and everything, I was like in over my head again, because I was like, wow, I'm going to have to give up everything in my life again to grind through these treatments. And I didn't, and I was in so much pain with my back because I had my, my spine, you know, fused together and my back still bothers me right now because I haven't been able to really rehabilitate it because mm-hmm. of everything. So, And I was, you know, questioning, like, do I have it, you know, do I have it in me to go through it again? So
0: how did you come up with the answer?
1: I talked to my father and I talked to my wife and they're like, well, I think you should, you know, try it, you know? And I'm like, yeah. And then my wife, you know, we found out she was pregnant and I was like, wow, you know, I really, I really, you know, I need to try to do this because yeah, the goal is to be here to see my son. So, um,
0: did you know you were having a boy?
1: No, we didn't know. Oh, okay. So, we'll get to that. I'm sorry I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> you know, so,
0: I'm not the guy that reads the last chapter of the book before the first, but uh, <laughs> I was just curious.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so I was in over my head and then they like handed me this pamphlet and like all these different pills I had to take. And I was just, like I said, in over my head and like, wow, am I going to be able to do this again? Because it just seemed like it, because it wasn't like the last time. This was like five different chemo. I had to do three of them in a one-day treatment. And one was called uh, Red Devil, which is something they use for uh, breast cancer. Mm. And another one was for leukemia. And um, the next treatment was a week long, and that was two, tre- uh, two chemos. So was, you're talking five different chemo, and a lot of it was supposed to be in the hospital. So you get monitored. And I didn't know what to do because I was in a crosshairs with, you know, I had so much success with my last oncologist, too. And I almost felt like I was, like, cheating on him, <laughs> as you would say. <laughs> okay. because just because you know I had such a good relationship with him and everything went well and you know and I'm like well uh, do I feel and I was out of place in uh Philadelphia at first because they were doing things different than I was used to in in New Jersey when I did my treatments for uh, colorectal cancer so but I you know tried it and then um it was the best decision I ever made because the care there was unbelievable it was first class almost felt like a family and uh every time i had a problem the doctor's like well that was normal now i'm thinking in my head like this is normal but i'm so glad he said it was normal because he said it wasn't normal i would have really lost it (laughs) yeah you
0: you know watching your journey from afar through through facebook and through a little bit through instagram uh I don't mean this question to be insensitive at all. I just wanted to be helpful to people, you know, who are listening. But sometimes I wondered, you know, and everybody would be would be there cheering you on and admiring what they saw from afar in terms of your positive attitude and how you were approaching it. How much of that was really how you felt, and how much of that was maybe trying to talk it. Talk, you know, talk to yourself and convince yourself to be positive when you really weren't feeling it.
1: It was absolutely trying to talk myself into it. Okay. Absolutely it was. And, you know, I'd post a picture because I was positive, though, even though it felt like death. Um, I posted that picture and I would smile because I knew there was people there going through similar situations or going through treatment and maybe they're having a rough day and maybe they seen a post that I put up and it helped them out. That's what I was thinking about. Really.
0: I'm not surprised, you know, after based on our conversation in 2015, you know, that you would be that selfless to be going through red devil chemo, which I'm sure the analogy to hell probably is right there. Uh, Yeah, and and still think about others and trying to help others while you're sitting in that chair yourself. Uh, Wow, I mean, that says a lot about you, my friend.
1: Yeah, you know, I tried to take the lemons I've been dealt and make them lemonade. And you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Who who knows? No one knows. Like we talked about, we're we're one of the lucky few that go through something like this and. And have had positive results, but I'm trying to leave something that's going to last longer than, you know, like a legacy, I guess, Mm -hmm. and how I handled everything.
0: So then you became a dad.
1: Yeah, I became a dad. And, um,
0: so for most, you know, if you and I were just a couple of guys sitting over a beer at a bar without all the, uh, you know, Medical history that we have, <laughs> the 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 question of you know how has it changed your life would be the typical standard answer. With all that you've been through, what's what has becoming a father meant to you?
1: Well, becoming a father is, uh meant the world to me. It's um something that I never thought I'd ever become because. Uh, after my first battle with cancer, I had to save sperm because I wasn't fertile. And then when I got uh, married to Amanda, yeah, you know, we would talk about it. And I was kind of defensive about everything because I didn't really know what was going on with any any of my uh, my sperm. So we finally uh, started looking into it. And, you know, when, when we found out she was pregnant, I was just like, I couldn't believe it, and it's amazing. I I can't explain it in, in the words, but I'm so grateful every day to um, to be with him every day and to spend time with him.
0: Chunky mo- Chunky yeah, Monkey, right? Ch- yeah, Chunky Monkey. <laughs> I, um,
1: it kind of gets me to forget about everything I've been through and just focus on you know trying to help him. And that's what I try to do every day. Um, But I'm like, I'm waiting because he's only five months. I'm like waiting when he gets a little older and he's going to ask me like, what's that thing hanging on your stomach? Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Yeah, different things like that. But um, yeah, it's been just an amazing thing. And I'm so blessed to be able to be a dad, you know. And I named him after my dad and I and my grandfather. He's the fourth. And uh, you know, I've just enjoyed every second. I, I've been able to do a lot of different things with them. And unfortunately, um, I couldn't really hold them at first because of uh, and walk with them because my hip was bad in the summertime. And then I had a hip, hip replacement. Now, um, looks like in the beginning of December, I'm going to have my uh, right hip replaced too. Wow double hip replacement, crazy from all the treatments and steroids from the treatments. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having uh, blood clots in last December from the sarcoma. I couldn't take three steps without feeling like my heart was going to come out of my chest. I didn't know what was going on. And I went to the doctors cause I told my doctor, I'm like, listen, my wife's copay is very low and I will be here every week to make sure I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, I went back and he's like listen I I think you have uh blood clots and I'm like wow and I went over to the hospital and sure enough I had three blood clots in my lungs mm. so I couldn't I couldn't have uh, my surgery on my hip right away because it took about a month to figure out what was going on with my hip and then then I started radiation and then I was on blood thinners from the blood clots so I had a I was basically on a cane all through radiation and I could barely lift my leg up. It took me about five minutes to get in and out of the car. But um, like I said, I couldn't hold him and walk with him So basically I like fed him a lot. And um, since I've been able to walk around more, it's been great uh, being a dad.
0: When he does get older. Yes. What do you want him to know about, what you've been through
1: uh what do i i just want him to know that his dad was a fighter and he did whatever he could whatever treatment whatever surgery i always did whatever i could and within my power to make sure i completed something and um you know, when I hope he reads my articles and he looks back and you know he's proud.
0: Uh, he's not going to need to read articles. You'll you'll be there to tell him all this. Uh, yeah, I'm convinced of that.
1: <laughs> I know doctors <laughs> like I don't think you're going to die of cancer, Ed. I'm like, I hope not. I've only had it three times now. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll I gotta say, I mean, uh, y- there's got to be some time when you know, Amanda's not around, and you know, you're in the bathroom, you look at the minute, look in the mirror, and, and- you gotta go damn, I'm a badass. (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, you know, what else can
1: they throw at you? And I don't, don't you know, I shudder to say that.
0: Let's just keep it where it's at and and, and not add anything to the list, obviously.
1: Yeah, stat lines, 18 surgeries right now, 32 rounds of chemo, seven different kinds of chemo, 61 radiation treatments, and uh, seven blood transfusions. I don't know. You know, when I hear that, it like makes me want to cry because that's my life or my reality. But, and it's taken a toll on me, but you know, I'm blessed to still be here. And I try to make the best of each day. It might not be what I want, how I wanted to live, but the, you know, who gets to actually live the way they want to. I don't think anybody does, but I just try to make the best of what I have. And, um, and push forward and not look back.
0: Every dad has that thing or list of things that they say, I can't wait till my son gets older when I can get to do X with him. What, what, what's the first thing on your list?
1: Um, I want to play catch with him.
0: Just straight up play catch.
1: I love it. Just out, just out in the backyard or front yard. That's like one of my things. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that something
0: I, your dad did with you?
1: Yeah. My dad did that with me and I'm really excited for when um, his first day of school and when he starts playing sports, if he, if he does play sports or if he's in a musician, whatever, whatever he's into, I'm going to be into 110%. I'm just excited to, you know, watch him from afar and be a part of it, you know, and try to guide him in the right direction.
0: What is having Amanda by your side meant to you through all the, through all of this?
1: Uh, she, um, she's meant everything to me. She has, uh, she's got a very positive attitude and outlook on life. And, any time I've ever tried to be negative, she's like, "Really? Ed, everything you've been through, and you're going to let this little little thing bother you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right, Amanda." And um, I call her Panda. That's my Panda. <laughs> <laughs> I but, love her. Um, I, I love her so much, and I can never thank her enough for uh, bringing my son into this world.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: I don't know what else to say after that, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, uh, I'm definitely a member of the, uh, Ed Yikaki, the third fan club. Uh, I, I look forward every time I get the chance to see something that you share online. I'm just, just touched by, by you, by your story, by, uh, by EJ, uh, mm-hmm. the fourth, uh, I can just sense the, the love between you and Amanda just, just from her smile and, and for the pictures I I, I see and, and
1: I thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, and,
0: and I was given a second chance at love myself right around my diagnosis. So I get it. Um, and you know, when you have that special someone by your side, to support you to keep in the you, world to keep you in line <laughs> yes. to say to say really uh, not everybody's so lucky and um
1: and I can't yeah. even give her enough credit because okay I'm going through all this this you know this blizzard of chemo and everything and and she's pregnant on top of my diagnosis so I cannot even I can't even be there for her because every time I do treatment, I end up back in the hospital with a 104 fever. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you talk about me being tough. I mean, how tough is she? Yeah. She's pregnant and women go through all different kinds of stages being pregnant. And, um, and I couldn't really be there the way I wanted to, even though I did the best I could, but, uh, she, you know, faced everything. And was a great caregiver, you know, cause she didn't know every day when she walked through the door, what kind of shape I was going to be in from all the treatment.
0: And, and she stuck by your side and, 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 you know, has, has been there. So,
1: yeah. So it's uh, a credit, like it's a credit to her and I love her so much. And I'm so thankful that we were, you know, God, made us somehow cross paths because her positive influence has been infectious on my, my life. And it's made me, you know, even better person than I was before all my diagnosis.
0: I know the other special person in your life is your dad and you got to do something really special with him just recently, uh, involving the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Tell us, tell us about that.
1: Yes, um, I got a phone call asked if I wanted to be a survivor on the field uh, during the national anthem to a uh, crucial catch against cancer. And I was like, oh, my God. And the first person I thought of was my father because my dad's took me to basically all my treatments and all my surgeries. And the only time he's ever taken a day off is when I told him he had to. And it was just a really special day because I know my dad, my dad's 72 years old and um, this last diagnosis really, it really took a toll on him. You know, it took a toll on me, but my family, it really took a toll on physical, mentally and physically on everybody. So when, you know, get, get on the field and it was amazing on in the middle of the, Lincoln Financial field in Philadelphia, holding the American flag during the national anthem and the flyover with the the jets and the the stadium was packed and it was once in a lifetime experience and right after that, I just happened to be on the right side, and all the players came out and I'm slapping all the players' hands and I could I talked to a couple of them and it was just a very unique experience and one I'll never forget. And when and I got to share it with my father, which was amazing.
0: It sounds like it was, it was, it was beautiful. And <laughs> it was great to catch up. Uh, I promise you, we're going to figure out a way for our, our paths to cross one of these days. We got we got pretty close a couple of years ago. Yes, uh, but I've got family up your way, so somehow we'll make this happen.
1: Yeah, I got to buy you a beer.
0: Uh, I was going to say, first one's on you, second one's on me, and we'll we'll kind of see where it goes from there. <laughs> yes, but we'll make that happen. Uh, just want to wish you the best of health, uh, if indeed that next hip surgery is coming your way. Uh, good luck with that, and I hope it brings you the relief that you need. And uh, you know, continue where you can to keep us uh, looped in on your story via Facebook, via Instagram. I get a real kick out of it. And, <laughs> and you have, and you, you've been, and you have been an inspiration to so many people. Uh, I know you would have rather found another way to inspire people than all that you've been through. Absolutely, b- but but nonetheless, uh, you have inspired people. And it's just awesome to be able to do this podcast with you for a second time and have you, you know, use this vehicle to share, share your message and, uh, just all the best to you, Amanda and, and the little guy and, uh, the chunky monkey and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, just be well, my friend.
1: Lee, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, I wish best to you and your family. And, um, Thanks again for uh, reaching out to me and asking me to do this for a second time. Hopefully th- if we do it a third time, it's under better circumstances.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we'll do something and we'll just talk football and or Tampa Bay it'll, be, it'll be something it'll, like there that. There you go. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so you you got a, you got your eye on me. I am, you know, you're spending time at Eagles games and I'm at Lightning games and uh, <laughs> it's all it's all good. It's all yes. good. So
1: uh, I wish you the best of health and um I look forward to talking to you again, Like,
0: I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, and thank you to our sponsor, H2ORS. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud sponsor of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at the colon cancer Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.